the Sonic Light Podcast. This is Passmaster Moyer calling. I'd like to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Can't believe uh, you cast the characters have hung in there that long. Can't believe Maris is still alive, but with modern medicine, anything is possible today. Hope you make 200 episodes. Look forward to listening to you in the future. Bye. Chickens. From the new recording lair located deep beneath the wine and spirit store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. The show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. All right, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Sonic Light Podcast. Uh, tonight is a very exciting time. Tonight. We are on episode 100. What? 100? No way. 100. Wow. And they said we wouldn't make it past five. Exactly. (laughs) How did that happen? It's because we're self-sponsored back then. That's why we survived. Ah, (laughs) Well, on tonight's episode, uh, we have myself, Tim Dedman. We have Josh Leiter. We have Jack Harley. We have Larry Maris. And we have Pete Ruggieri. Uh, All the gang is here. We're all safe and sound. uh, And it's great to have everybody here tonight. We just want to celebrate the Masonic Light podcast um, and the 100 episodes that we have had. We want to say a special thank you. Tonight's episode is being brought to you by our Patreons. Uh, they are the great supporters of this. And for as little as $1 a month. $1. Just a dollar. One. Just one. Can, <laughs> you too can fund the future of this uh, crazy event that has... Uh, taken off and has now has worldwide appeal and according to larry it's uh gone into the solar system and uh interplanetary networks and so on so um we want to thank you uh for your support patreons uh again we could not do this show without you so uh guys a hundred episodes what do you think about that i'm surprised i'm still alive (laughs) (laughs) you've had a few hurdles along the way larry a couple of near misses larry yeah they've they've been all well documented i might add too (laughs) larry Larry, i will say i've lost money three years in a row in the deadpool (laughs) (laughs) what's the over under now (laughs) yeah it's only two to one now okay (laughs) someone reminded me just the other day actually that I'm like a cat with nine lives, but I've already given up two of them. <laughs> so I've got five more to go, apparently. All right. Wow. Wow. Anyway, sorry, guys. Didn't mean to bring that up. That's okay. <laughs> That's our show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> oh, but 100 episodes. I mean, uh, Pete, did you ever imagine when you started this thing that uh, we'd go to 100? No, not at all. In fact, um, 
we'll play a clip later. I'm not going to play it up to this far, but if you listen to the very first episode, probably around minute like seven or eight, we talk about like what are our expectations for the show, and we're just like uh, we have none. Um, <laughs> we've exceeded it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we've exceeded our expectations of nothing. Um, you know, basically, we did the show in the beginning, and you know, we we told our friends about it, and I was like, oh, it'd be no pressure if this thing sucks. And then I found out that Larry like went through his Rolodex and emailed every Freemason he's ever heard of. <laughs> That's great. And like, we're not ready yet, but uh, no, I guess people sort of tolerated us. That's awesome. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Pete and Larry about how they came up with this idea of the Masonic Light podcast. We'll be right back. This is Brian Hill, a frequent guest and voice of the Masonic Light podcast, congratulating the guys on four years of tomfoolery with a little bit of substance thrown in from time to time. Keep it coming. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. Masonic Light Podcast. This is Jay Laser from Effort of Lodge 665. Congratulations on your anniversary. We look forward to hearing more and more and more from you guys. So keep it up. Love it. Thanks. This is the Masonic Light Podcast featuring Pete Ruggieri and Larry Maris. A non-stuffy, somewhat humorous approach to understanding our craft. We guarantee you'll have a good time or your money back. This podcast is not endorsed or approved by the Grand Lodge or any jurisdiction. In fact, they'll probably hate it. And now, here's our host, Pete Ruggieri and Larry Maris. Well, hey there, Larry. Welcome. Hey, good morning, Pete. So uh, you got to hear our intro for the first time. I thought it was fantastic. It's great. He's got a whole uh, Bill Cosby thing kind of going on there. So he's, uh, and he works cheap. He's five bucks. So that's a... (laughs) That's excellent. Nice nice frugal guy. So... uh, Welcome, everybody, if you're uh, listening in on this. Uh, some of you, some of the initial fans will probably know us because 
we've invited a lot of our friends to to listen to this thing. Uh, but hopefully we'll make a lot of new friends as we go on. That's true. As a matter of fact, uh, I think I invited the whole world to listen literally and figuratively. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess what we want to talk about first is, um, you know, before we even talk about us, like what are some of our expectations? You, what do you have, Larry? What are your expectations for this show? <clears throat> My expectations are extremely low, Pete. So. <laughs> So I cut it right there. That is awesome. So that was episode one. Episode one of the Masonic Light podcast on July the 30th, 2016. Pete Ruggieri was 15 years old. Exactly. And Larry Maris had vocal cords. So <laughs> there you go. So, uh, man, wow. Have, have things changed? So uh, Pete and Larry... Um, share with us um, your all's thoughts leading up to that episode. Where did you get the idea? How did you come about doing it? What were the steps you took to finally get to whatever that crazy voice was that sounded like the guy with the tracheotomy uh, doing the uh, intro there? That was wild. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I I had... I had never listened to a podcast before in my life and but I had a a kind of locally famous Facebook page called People of Lancaster and I mean you know we we're kind of like a low rent onion where we'll pu- publish our own fake stories and we've had a couple things where we made it on you know you know we get pretty big when like Snopes has to debunk your story so that's like <laughs> So, so my highlight is I had I've had ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, I've had like four or five articles that they had to debunk. So that, that kind of was my I'm like, oh, is this my 15 minutes of fame? Like on Scrapple ice cream. <laughs> but um, so we started doing that for a little while because a friend of ours tried to open a new business. He wanted to own do a podcast studio. And I guess he was probably a little before his time because, you know, he's belly up now and he's back to like being a golf pro. But the um, so we did the the comedy show and about three or four months in, I'm like talking to Larry one day. I'm like, why don't we do a Masonic one? Um, or Larry, why don't you mention the, how we really got the idea when we were at the Academy of Masonic Knowledge? Yeah, we were at the Maca- Academy of Masonic Knowledge and the, uh, the brothers from uh, – the hell's the name of that show they have? The Masonic, Masonic Roundtable. Roundtable. Oh, Masonic Roundtable. <laughs> they, they were actually at – and they, they actually pretty much ran the Academy that day. They did a, a broadcast. Uh, they individually spoke and they, they, uh, they kind of had the day. And uh, Pete was saying, you know, we can do something like that. I said, yeah, we can. Uh, not to uh, demean the brothers at uh, the roundtable, but they're really a bunch of nerds. It's serious talking. And we decided that we had to do something. Larry, Larry, well, I think, Larry, what you're trying to say is they're, they're intelligent and educated, and we're just a couple of slobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, what was it that one of the guys said that we're the path through ribbon of a Masonic, Masonic podcast? The PBR group. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, that, that's how we got the idea. <laughs> we could do something like this. Uh, yeah, we could. And we did. And you did. 
So how, how did you, what, how did you, uh, I mean, getting the studio, you mentioned, was it in this friend's new podcasting studio you went to? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so what we did is like immediately after um, we got done recording the People of Lancaster podcast, um, you know, we, we rolled Larry in and we kicked the rest of my old cast out. And it was just Larry and I and the um, the guy that owned the studio and his name's Mason. He's not a Mason, but his name's Mason. And, you know, we basically rented the studio for an hour. So he had our intro music. He had any commercials. So when he said go, we just went. He started playing the music. And, you know, then we started talking. And then when he gave us a sign, we went to break. So when it got done, at, at 40 minutes of that first episode, all the commercial, it was pretty much ready to upload. Um, there was not any post-production. It was just ready. Um and, you know, it's kind of, I'm going to try and get Mason to call in before we, we publish this, but, um, you know, I, we're kind of his success story and we were kind of an afterthought back then, but I don't think any of his other shows have made it past episode 20 and we're at episode 100. <laughs> That's incredible. So Larry, you've been involved in a lot of different groups and stuff. Um, when you and Pete were first putting this together, uh, what kind of response were you getting from the people? You said you invited everybody you knew masonically in the world. What kind of response were you getting back then? Because the idea of podcasts was, was still pretty new at that point. Well, yeah, it was. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of the people that I invited didn't even have Internet. But that's changed, of course. <laughs> uh, I think the most common answer was, what's a podcast? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And to be honest with you, numerically, because Mason, the producer uh, at the studio, was keeping track of our listening base and how many people were getting to listen to each one of our shows. And uh, so we, we kind of had indications before we recorded the next show whether or not we were gaining more listeners. And I think with each show, we were gaining more listeners, but they, they, weren't, they weren't vast numbers. Uh, but uh, that is until one of my favorite episodes, but we're not going to get there yet, but we'll talk about that because that was a show that when we recorded, and it is actually episode nine, we had uh, Reverend Dr. Chris Rodkey on the show. And the very next week when we went into the studio to record it, Mason said to us, you guys have something here. He said, your numbers went through the roof. And Pete and I just couldn't believe it. And that's when things started to change. We started to develop several hundred listeners per show. And we were kind of amazed at that. And of course, it's, it's grown since. That's great. Where, did you, where were you coming up with topics in those early episodes? If you look at the titles, a lot of them were um, individually um, driven, like the next one uh, was Seth Anthony and then Jason Lewis and then Dick Kenna. Etc. Um, were you just trying to find somebody willing to talk about stuff, or uh, yeah, pretty much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the beginning, we were just kind of looking around at our, our because we didn't have the technology to do things remotely yet. Um, you're like, who can we get to actually, you know, show up at the studio? So, okay, well, Chris Rocky, even though he's, you know, he's a, a 
minister and he's a college professor. So he's actually free like Monday through Friday when we would want to record. Um, so we got a bunch of retired people, um, or we got people that had jobs that, you know, wouldn't mind if they bugged out for like an hour. Um, but I think, you know, after the Chris Rocky episode, we're like, wow, you know, we may have something here. And people started asking us about coming on the air, which kind of blew my mind. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, so we're going to get to, uh, as uh, Larry mentioned a minute ago, that, that lists uh, one of your all's favorite episodes. Uh, but you mentioned something that you were recording this during the day, which I guess that's when the studio was available. Um, is that the case? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I totally forget. I, I, it's, it's a it's a blur now, but I remember it was daylight. Um, <laughs> it was Sunday morning I remember, at nine. Yeah, I remember coming in on a Sunday. Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Oh wow! In Lancaster County. Yeah, yeah, downtown, downtown, the city of Lancaster. Yeah. There was no traffic. Yeah, because they were we all would, in church. We would have a pre-production <laughs> meeting at Panera's and then go to the studio. Yeah. We used to do things a little bit different in those days. I think we were really maybe a little bit better organized than we are today. Although we're pretty good. Well, I think we had the pressure with with made the way we had that the time is that we really had to have like an outline and that we've gotten with subsequent producers, we've gotten lazy and we just hope that like Jason and then now Josh can like fix our mistakes. (laughs) Which they do very well. They do an excellent job. So is this where I'm supposed to ask them about stuff? If we were organized and had an outline, then I would know that this is the period at which I'm supposed to ask. Let's start with Larry. Larry, in in all these hundred of episodes, what, what was your favorite episode so far since this is the first hundred? I, I've had three, but we're only going to be basically playing clips for two. One of my favorite was episode number eight. And you know why that was? Because no, no. you showed up Ta-da. as the first time host. I mean, you were a guest, I think, in episode five, but you became an actual host on episode eight. And we have some good clips in there for that. I really do. So we're back here with uh, Jack Harley. And Jack is our um, a past master of... Efforta Lodge, which is on the border of Lancaster County and Berks County, and it's a weird little place. The wilderness. Yes. And uh, so we, we try not to like do the whole resume reading thing, but can you give like a, just a quick synopsis of your what your Masonicness is? My Masonicness started in October of 2004. I'm a one day wonder at the uh, Reading One Day class. Um, when I walked out the door, I said, This is not what my father did. This is not. This is no way. So I figured the only way that I would feel that feeling would be if I went through the chairs. So I pretty much was thrown into a chair the first year and was master in 2009. And uh, coming in that way, it's 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 a little different experience, but we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, beyond that, uh, on the same day, I became a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason. And uh, that was equally meaningful. Uh, since then, I've joined grotto um god help us all and um 
and just most recently York Wright. So I'm going to go through the York Wright um, degrees one at a time. I'm, I, I, I have no uh, interest in just jumping out and getting the hat and the sword. Right. Now you need stuff. to, um, yeah, you got to enjoy them. They're yeah. good to be seen. So Larry, you have some, uh, you have some questions that you'd like to ask Mr. Harley. Uh-oh. Yeah, one of the things, and I, I will say that you and I met earlier. We met in your great batorium, which, by the way, I loved. And uh, we, I have a sign we discussed some things over beer. And one of the things I asked you was about, Jack, what's your passion in Freemasonry? And uh, we talked about it, and I'd like to know, I'll basically ask you now so the listener can hear what you say. What is your passion about our craft? Well, like I said, when I joined on the one day class, um, and, and this is really true for coming through the, the usual way is, you know, you, you're shown all these symbols and there's really no explanation of them. Um, we talk about making good men better and all that kind of stuff. And like, okay, a stated meeting, you know, I, I can get a really well-organized meeting if I go to the PTA. So what's different about this? And we never, we never really... In our lodge, anyway, um, and most of the lodges, I think, in Lancaster County, um, we we don't we don't really bring them up. We don't talk about them. We don't understand where the lessons are and what those right. They tell are. you this is going to be explained to you later, and it never is. Yeah, right. So it was all kind of hanging out there, and I, I I dug in and I I tried to read and I I've read. That was one of my. That was one of the good shows. We brought you on board. I was because you added a certain yeah. amount. You added a certain amount of class that Pete and I did not have. Oh, right. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I, I think you've actually read books. Like, I read the cover and I'll skim it. I've read them. Right. So, obvious me being fantastic. What, what, what's, your, what's your real favorite? Well, the, the one that we're not going to play clips from was episode nine, and that's the one that our numbers dramatically increased. And that was with Chris Rodkey being on the show. Right. And I don't know whether Chris being on the show increased the numbers. Could have been because he had a lot of things going on with his life. Oh, yeah. Including terroristic threats and things like that. So he was in the national news and everything else. So, but anyway, that our numbers going up, that was a defining moment show for me. But I think probably one of my most favorite was episode 21, the holiday show with the brothers from Australia. And oh, us. my goodness. I remember. Oh, what a night that was. That it was a phenomenal show. And we're going to be playing clips from that one there. You are listening to the Broad to Light Masonic Podcast, a podcast for Freemasons and the public, bringing you to light through discussions and research papers about Australian Freemasonry and the Victorian jurisdiction in particular. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation. We're on. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of the Brought to Light Masonic Podcast and the Masonic Light Podcast, hosted here at Christmas Eve in Australia and who knows what date in the US. And we're going to very, we've got a very special episode today, which is going to bring together seven people who know absolutely nothing about anything uh, to have a bit of fun and banter, to talk about 
what's happening in Freemasonry. So, guys, my name is Jack. I'm the host of the Brought to Light with Sunny podcast. Let's throw it over to the guys in Lancaster. Welcome, guys. Hey, everybody. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm Pete. Here we go. I'm here with uh, Larry, who survived his operation. Yay. Uh, Yay. Over, here is, uh, over here is Jason. <laughs> Hello. And here is American hey, Jack. Jack. This guy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so tell me, so you guys, uh, what time is it for you guys? It's time to start drinking. It is, uh, <laughs> it's 7.03. 7.03 Eastern Standard Time. P.M. There you go. So over here, over here, it's 10.03 a.m., so it's nice and early in the morning. Perfect time for a beer. So today, we, what we're going to do is we, we've got a few new people, so we're going to introduce a few people. Uh, let's start with David Illingworth, who's quite familiar to our Australian listeners. David, you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello, listeners. It's good to be back. Today, I am filling in for good old St. Nick. <laughs> who uh, unfortunately is a bit busy this evening. So he asked me to come along and uh, make sure that Jack, uh, see if Jack can get back on the nice list. At the moment, he's very naughty. I don't think that's possible. So we call him St. David. St. David. St. David. Well, thank you for that, David. Let's jump across to Steve on my right. Steve? Oh, Australian Jack, if you move over to the left a bit, I'll be able to get in the street. I know your head's big, but mine's bigger, so Yes, I'm brother Steve Austin, that's right, American viewers. Steve Austin. Steve Austin. This is a $6 million dollar podcast. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh, staying cold for those younger viewers. Uh, and it's 11 o'clock here, and there's an old Australian saying, it's from Colton United Breweries, so there used to be an ad, and it says, I always have one at 11. And the rest of the saying is, I always have one at 11, because if I don't have one at 11, I'll have 11 at one. Yep, that sounds <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've got a little bit of, I've tried to go a little bit of American. I've got Miller's, so just for you guys. Miller's chilled. So it's uh, currently 30 degrees here this morning, and temperatures climbing to 34 today, 36 tomorrow, and 36 on uh, Boxing Day. So to, to translate that to Fahrenheit, it just means bloody hot. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. That's centigrade. Rounded so... to the nearest bloody. Right. Yeah, it, bloody it's, it's 30 it's degrees bloody here, bloody. and we're freezing our balls off. That's right. You're, oh, freezing your, you're freezing yours off, and I want to boil hard eggs in my jocks. There you go. Thank you for that, Steve. Well, we've got a great show going on so far. We've had a weather report. Now Absolutely. we need some current affairs news. <laughs> <laughs> news will come in later. We're talking about the news. Let's let's go across to my new friend Jack Harley. Jack, welcome to the Masonic Light slash you know, Brought to Light podcast. Give us an introduction to who you are and uh, what you're drinking. I just can't even describe how honored I am to be here for this uh, fabulous event. Uh, yeah, shut up, Larry. Um, so I'm Jack Harley. I'm, uh, I'm the resident serious person who comes in every once in a while and uh, speaks of things Masonic and bores everybody to death. So I am drinking some kind of like rum concoction. Uh, Frank Zappa, no, Ron Zacapa. Um, rum means rum. And rum is rum, and rum is good, and it's really tasty. <laughs> so we put, that, we put that there for you, right next to Brother Doors. Needless to say, we were drinking in Australia and in Pennsylvania at the same time. It was a great show. We weren't confined because we were in my house. I had surgery, remember? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think one of the best moments was, Hey, Carol! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we ran out of ice. <laughs> so those are my two favorites right there. Right. So what about you, Pete? What uh, you've, you've had to have some favorites in all this. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, out of the 100 episodes, I've probably listened to three of them. Um, <laughs> I used to always like, you know, I'm not comparing myself to an actor, but I never believed it when I would see these actors on TV and they would say they haven't seen their movies. Um, I'm like, oh, I don't, I really don't like hearing my voice back. So, but as they're happening, there's a couple guests. Like, I mean, I think the first, um, time we, when we had uh michelle snyder on oh yeah um, like she is just talking and we're like staring at each other because <laughs> the, you know we were saying earlier about like the masonic roundtable like you know their discussions are on a higher level than ours well here we are we have a guest and her discussions on this high level and i don't know how to respond <laughs> <laughs> I was just busy listening and learning. You know, she was I mean, terrific on. Yeah. Um, and there's been a couple guests like that. Like when we had, um, um, oh, what's his name? God, he's going to, I'm losing my mind. Um, lives in, okay, here, we'll, we'll make it a game. Lives in New Jersey. Big deal with Scottish, right? Big deal with uh, AMD. Yasser. Yasser. Yeah. 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 Yasser just blew my mind about everything he knew. And then like when we go to break, he's just a regular guy, like, you know, so yeah. down to earth. Yeah. So All right. and, he drove, and, he, and he drove to our studio. Oh, we've had some interesting people drive to our studio. We'll get into that in the next segment. But right now, why don't we take a quick break? And uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll come back with somebody who actually drove to our studio. <laughs> Hello, hello. Is this the headquarters of Black Lives Matter? Listen, my name is Ken Hudson, and I sent you a check and an application over three months ago, and I have yet to receive my dues card. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I have the wrong number. I'm trying to reach a uh, 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 Masonic Light uh, broadcast to to congratulate them for four years of excellent broadcasting service to the Masonic community. Thank you. And by the way, episode 50 was probably the best production you've done thus far. Again, congratulations. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge in Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com 
or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. Hi there, it's Rick Santella from Pennsylvania High 12 State Association saying congratulations on four years of internet broadcast radio. Wanted to thank everyone for all that you do for our great fraternity and wishing you many more years of success. Thank you. And we're back. Um, welcome back, everyone. Thank you for still being with us. Um, those of you that aren't with us anymore, we don't really care. But um, so I mentioned that we were going to come back with a story about somebody who actually drove to our studio. And it goes back even a little bit farther than that. It goes back to Larry at uh, the Lodge of Research. And, and Tim was actually there also uh, riding herd over Larry at the time. <laughs> and uh, there was a, a, someone else at the meeting, uh, and it happened to be the Grand Master. And, and uh, they, they called for questions about a particular topic. And Larry, of course, stood up and, and just went on and on and on for 10 minutes about the show and can he make an appearance and and finally the grand master and, and through all of this, Tim is messaging Pete, who's not even in the building. Like, Oh my God, somebody shut Larry up. He's going on and on. So ultimately the grand master says to Larry, so are you asking me if I want to be on your show? <laughs> and, and Larry says, well, Yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and the Grandmaster finally agreed to be on the show. And um, it, it, um, it was one of our earlier episodes in the new studio at Effort Lodge. And uh, I showed up, you know, as I usually did 15, 20 minutes early to just turn on the lights and, um, and get things organized a little bit. And uh, here's the Grandmaster sitting in his car in the back parking lot. Like drove himself, just sitting there waiting. Um, just he was great. He I, I don't know how you guys felt about the interview, and we'll we'll hear a, maybe a, a couple of seconds of the of the interview with him. But uh, he was a great interview. He's a great guest. Just a regular guy telling his tale, and and I, I, I thought he was uh, I, I thought he was really spot on with some of his stories. We might mention that the grandmaster we're referring to is S. Eugene Harrett, um, our most recent past. Grandmaster, but correct. Uh, yeah, our most so. recent current Grandmaster hasn't spoken to us yet. But well, he's talked to a couple of us. He's uh, we're, we're working on getting him on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he was. We have to, we have to go through the secretary, but we'll get him on. Yeah. So but think about that episode, guys. Um, how big was that? Well, we managed to keep our dues cards, so it was pretty big in general. But. <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, I heard the numbers somewhere that, like, the state of Pennsylvania has something crazy, like, like one out of six Freemasons in the United States are Pennsylvania Masons. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a crazy number. So, it kind of that interview, and um, um, one time Jason and I went up to the Valley of Harrisburg. We interviewed um, um, the head of the Scottish Rite. Dave Glatley. Dave Glatley. And, you know, those two really kind of gave us some legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as, you know, like, I don't know. 
hopefully these guys aren't going to like ruin their political careers. The interview with Gladly, they wouldn't let me in the building because I, I had dropped out of the Scottish Rite, and I was shamed. <laughs> I was shamed into rejoining it because of that. Nice. That's they wouldn't let me in the damn building. Can you believe that? That's good. I'm with the most Cal- popular podcast on radio history, and there we go. <laughs> Three million listeners on eleven planets. There it is. I just remember, Pete, you mentioned legitimacy, and I think you're exactly right that those two together, uh, and particularly within Pennsylvania with the Grand Master coming in, uh, now all of a sudden, I mean, I do a lot of traveling around. I'm a secretary and do a lot of training uh, with other secretaries around the state. And it was that episode where people started, I started to hear people saying, what's this Masonic light thing? Um, And you know, you had district deputies talking about it. You had um, you had the structure of Pennsylvania Freemasonry, um, basically, without necessarily uh, endorsing the program. At least, giving it some legitimacy by the Grand Master being here. Yeah, I mean, you know, Freemasonry in general is a you know like a top down um, kind of pyramid scheme. And like, like, yeah, like the, the guys at the bottom don't have a lot of say. And I think the fact that, hey, some regular schmoes can, you know, express their opinions. And of course, we do try to stay within due bounds and try not to, you know, overstep. I mean, I would never come on the show and say like, you know, one of these supreme officers is, is, uh, is, a jerk or something, but like, you know, I, I just think it's nice that the regular guys have a voice and we also, in turn, we don't abuse that. That's good. Yeah. It, uh, it, it harkens back to our original early days when we talked about staying under the radar that, that didn't really pan out very well. <laughs> yeah. Once the grand master and the, uh, commander <laughs> chief of the northern masonic jurisdiction fly in it's hard to be under the radar yeah we had a radar station in the parking lot yeah (laughs) but all that is good and and guests are good and all that's good but we could not do all of this without the help and then not to sound like a commercial or anything but um here it is um we've had some great sponsors over the years um uh we 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 started um we started just kind of begging money, kind of like you know, just handouts. Well, and on the first the first episode, I, I even said like this episode's brought to you by Masonic scarves and the Red Serpent, and someday hopefully real sponsors will show up and pay for this thing so Larry and I don't have to. There you go, <laughs> and we're still paying for it. I mean, I, all of us are are also Patreons, so yeah. you know we, we, we go out of pocket on every month. Listeners, thirty of our listeners have, have uh, joined as Patreons, and we hope we get more. That's great. Um, it, it's it's wonderful, and we appreciate um, we appreciate every bit of it. Um, hopefully, at this point, and now that we've we've had some success with uh, Pete's evil um, uh, jewels for the uh, uh, <laughs> night of the quarantine deal, um, that helped to raise a, a great deal of money for the um, 
uh, for the show. And uh, so we're, we're, uh, we're really grateful for all that. But we've also had some people who've just kicked in stuff, right? Um, topics and segments and bits and stuff. Uh, we had, we've had uh, Seth started us up, I think, with Corpora Obscurum. Yes, that's how you pronounce it, Larry. Corpora <laughs> Obscurum. He said he won't come back until you pronounce it correctly. So you have to come back. Corpus Obscurum. Corpora, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never um, get that right. So we, you know, Seth doing that, and and Michelle Snyder with her um, her kind of cool drops about myths and mythology, and uh, Jim Stevens talking to us about lodge business, and uh, you know, just uh, all those all of the people that have contributed. Uh, who, who am I missing there, guys? Anybody? Well, we, we, later, we've added our biggest hit, Dutchy Doug. Dutchy Dutchy Doug, so our new guy, yeah, right. Um, I knew I was missing somebody. Sorry, Doug. We love you, buddy. Um, when you had the, who was the street reporter, the guy on the street? Ron McCorvey. There you go, Ron. So, so that we failed scary. twice. So it's a, <laughs> it's a really good idea. Um, the idea was brother on the street, and it was brought up by, by brother Ron, who is a, a a man of color. He came up with a name and the idea, so don't send hate mail. Um and I thought it was really funny. And he was just going to go ask questions, kind of like, like Stuttering John used to in the Howard Stern show. Just put a, ask random people on the street like f- questions about Freemasonry and get their awkward responses. Freemasonry. Freemasonry. Yeah, that's what he always said. Freemasonry. And but then he, but then he never sent any episodes. So then like, okay. Ken Hudson volunteered to do the same thing. So I think there's like a scam. These guys keep just like probably talking behind the scenes like, hey, I'm going to tell them I'm going to help and then watch them not never get it. I think one of our uh, more uh, popular uh, bits that we've run during this time has been from uh, our own Walter Cronkite with the news. Ah, Brother Walter, yes. Brother Walter does a super job uh, just about every episode of uh, – bringing some uh, thought-provoking news hits to the show. We might might hear him later. I'm not sure. Okay. We'll have to see if we can get him on the wire. All right. So um, let's, uh, I don't know, let's take another quick break. I think uh, Josh had some spots to drop in for us. And uh, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the various studios we have been in. And uh, we'll go from there. Wow, guys, 100 episodes. That's actually like a big deal, and you should be very proud of that. You've managed to keep Larry alive for 100 episodes. It's a little touch and go there for a bit, but you've done it. It's not even like a weekend at Bernie's thing. For that, you should be super proud. Best wishes on 100 episodes, and here's to 100 more. Brother Seth Anthony, past master, sometimes guest, mostly is full of shenanigans. This episode of Masonic Life Podcast is sponsored by the Commodore Perry Service Plaza. Located on the scenic Ohio Turnpike, rated by Condo Nass Travel as the crown jewel of the Buckeye State. The Commodore Perry Service Plaza features renovated restrooms with those fancy high-efficiency hand dryers. So next time you're passing through Ohio to get somewhere else, stop on by. 
<laughs> okay. So we add another state to the many states we can't go to anymore. <laughs> okay, we are back. Wow. Um, you know, one one bit that we uh, did not mention and did not uh, mention a moment ago is our own Jeff Moyer, the past master, who provides us with very helpful critique uh, on most all of our episodes. And so um, most of his um, attention goes to Larry, but uh, he's given good and good and challenging comments for all of us. And I think he's helped the show a lot. And I just wanted to make sure we mentioned uh, past master Moyer uh, as we uh, proceed forward. So that's that's Larry's man crush right there. There you go. That's the man crush for Larry. (laughs) All right. So over the four years now that Masonic light podcast has been in production, it's basically uh, had three homes. Uh, we've mentioned uh, one of them earlier on, uh, and that was – did that studio have a name, or was it just uh, the downtown studio? Uh, it was Lancaster Podcast Studio. Okay, so the Lancaster Podcast Studio. Um, and then um, at some point we moved to Monarch Studios, which was in Pete's basement. And we're now, as we mentioned earlier, in Studio 665 in the confines of uh, Ephrata Lodge. Um, all of these are great places and some great history. Uh, just uh, Pete and Larry in particular, and Jack, feel free to jump in here. Um, what are your thoughts about all the various studios that we've been in? Uh, obviously, going from a very professional place um, to maybe a not so, but certainly a functional place, and then finally ending up where we are today. Well, the 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 professional studio. I mean, it was kind of nice because we were forced to get our ducks in a row before we got there, um, and we were also forced to kind of be to conserve time. And now we just kind of like let have happened what happens. Um, <laughs> so, but on those early shows, it was kind of funny. I think on episode three, um, our buddy Jason Lewis came on the came on the show, and as a guest, because he was younger than us, and we kind of said, "Hey, we want like a younger brother's perspective." Well, then he just started inviting himself back week after week to just crash and, and sit down. Well, because he used to work at Guitar Center and he's like a technology guy, when we lost that studio, he became our our go-to because he actually owned recording equipment. <laughs> so, <laughs> that helps. So he became our producer and he produced, what, 50, 60 episodes for us. And so a big shout out to Jason. Um, you know, we wouldn't thanks. be here without him. Yeah, big thanks. Um, and then probably around episode six or so, when this is still in the original studio, when Jack showed up, and then Jack too kind of like just was like a stray cat that we fed and never left. <laughs> I think we all kind of we all have done that. Isn't that how we've all ended up on this episode on the uh, podcast? It was yeah, you were pouring me drinks. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite uh, studio so far was Pete's basement because he had a really well stocked bar. So that was Monarch Studios. That, yeah. that, that was those were good times. They were good Ooh. times. 
Yeah, so I had always worried. I had always worried about Larry coming down my stairs. Make sure somebody was walking in front of him. Somebody to land on. <laughs> you mean? Well, the yeah, and also, uh, as I understand it, I was not fortunate enough to uh, be part of the recording group then. But I understand that uh, Jack, you had a special love for. Oh um, my god. Pete's dogs. PTSD. I can't even think about going in that house without thinking about the dog. But the new dogs love me, so that that makes it all better. Yeah, the the, the older dogs were European Dobermans, and they were very, um, I don't know, they're very good at their job, which is protecting me. And <laughs> I remember one time Jack put his hand out just to like, here, smell my hand, and it was just chomp. <laughs> I love the episode. I don't remember which one it was. Um, Pete, uh, Stephanie had left the house and the dogs just went crazy. And throughout the show, you can hear them going crazy. And at one point you're like, okay, I'll be right back. And the show went on. <laughs> you had to go take care of the dogs. It was hilarious. They became a real uh, kind of a, a co-star of some of those episodes. They were a bit. Well, the old dogs, yeah, if if they thought they were home alone, they would start to howl. And I guess we were quiet enough in the basement. They just started howling upstairs. So, Well, and you mentioned uh, our, our different uh, producers, beginning with episode 67, which was actually my first episode also. Uh, Josh, the intern, joined us. Uh, and he didn't stay an intern for very long. Um, and he has led us from 67 all the way to 100. Mm-hmm. And Josh is here. You just he never turns his microphone on, but he's here. So, Josh, what when you began uh, as our producer here, um, what did you think you were getting into? Well, um, I know at at one point, uh, Jason had reached out about somebody to help out with some of the production work on the podcast, and uh. I, I basically volunteered and said, you know, I have a little bit of experience working with uh, the software and the hardware and everything. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I think it's been pretty cool. I, I enjoy editing the episodes and hanging out with all you guys. I wish we could do it in person. Yeah, I look I forward know. to getting back into that studio. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So you were probably like the assistant for like a half an episode. Yeah, right. And then Jason moved on. You're like, oh, I, I guess you're in charge now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, goodness. So those are great memories. Um, what do you think? Are, what, what have been probably the biggest challenge, guys, over all of these uh, places that we have handled or that we have recorded in? Have you faced challenges in them other than Jack getting eaten by the dogs? I think the biggest challenge is when we built the studio through the help of so many different peoples, including the great brothers at Everlodge Lodge 665. The biggest challenge was how do we grow? And we had to think about that. How can we make the show grow? We knew we needed a studio and Jack came up with some ideas and the lodge voted for it for us to happen. We had a lot of people that contributed money to help build the studio, put it together. I mean, it was, that was a huge challenge coming up with the studio in Ephrata. And one that makes, I think, all of us feel a lot more comfortable with the future of the show because we have a place to call home. 
And we thanks Jack. One of the best things we ever did was bring Jack on board. So what can I say? Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, I, I think there's due shout out to specifically to George Grove and Sons, who's long been a sponsor of the show. And you, you hear their advertisements once in a while. They donated a metric ton of of building materials to actually construct the room. So that was huge. And then they came in and actually helped us construct the room, um, which, you know, I, I don't have the skills to do that. I don't have the skills. I don't have the tools. So that was fantastic. And then and then um, Scott Helm came in and wired the whole place for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, it's, you know, the money was important and it helped a great deal. But um, those guys pitching in the, the, you know, the that kind of stuff, that was that was huge. I, I, we never could pull it off. Not to I mention think, the volunteers, Jack, that you brought in to help paint the place and spackle oh, the yeah. place. There's, I mean, there's, was, guys were loving it. They were just they were just so excited to be a part of it. It was it's it's fun when there's something to pull people together like that. I think we need more of that in our in our Freemasonry. By the way, I think uh, Sean Sean donated a table and chairs. Then then we haven't seen his next check yet. But <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, <laughs> Sean. Uh, Larry's given you that uh, link, I believe, a couple of times. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're with let's, let's, let's face it. Sean being a – and I'm going to help him out here. Being a small businessman took a really big hit with this virus and having to close the store down for weeks at a time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and, and, uh, and I respect that. I think a lot of our advertisers that advertise with us – uh, have taken a significant hit financially. So if you're and, in central Pennsylvania, go see Sean at DNS Cigar and, and buy some cigars. Buy some yes. cigars. That's yes. right. Absolutely. Well, guys, um, on a, in the middle of March, I remember this well for a lot of different reasons. Um, we uh, hit. We were producing episode 93, and if you'll remember, that was Brother Ron Bates, who was uh, uh, had a book titled Shakespeare's Lost Purple Bloodline. <laughs> oh, where are you going with this? We all were. Well, it's what happened after that that's going to lead us to where we're going. We have we have memories of that for lots of different reasons, but all of a sudden, the entire world shut down. Ah. Um, our episode 94 was the quarantine show. We didn't know, have any idea what we were going to do. Um, everything just came to a grinding halt uh, in certainly in central Pennsylvania, but literally all over the world. And, um, you know, my recollections are that, um, you know, it started out as, you know, some nursing homes in Washington state and then a few others somewhere else, and then all of a sudden in New York, and all of a sudden, boom, it was like the whole world stopped. Yep. Um, but out of, out of those ashes, out of that time of darkness and out of that time of depression, um, it was actually the quarantine show, I believe it was, where an idea was birthed. Um, Jack, Pete, you want to talk about uh, what happened during that uh, next episode? I believe uh, Seth was in studio. Well, and, uh, I'll start it, then I'll turn it over to Jack, because he did the vast majority of it. Um, Seth mentioned to me, like, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea if we did, you know, an, an idea about Knights of the Quarantine? He just I, I don't know if that was the exact lingo he used, but... Um, one of the things that I've always noticed about Jack is I'm an idea guy. 
but I'm not really good at getting stuff done. And we gave this idea to Jack and then, man, he just, just took off with it. And you know, next day he had a, like a script. So go ahead. <laughs> well, it kind of wrote itself. I've said that a couple of times. Uh, it, 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 you know, the idea of it was obvious. Uh, it has to be some kind of night thing. And, and I just started putting little uh, vignettes together and there had to be a hero and, and all that kind of stuff. And I really did. I, I, I had the framework of it pretty well written in about two days and I sent it off to a couple people. Seth gave Seth came back with some feedback that maybe it was a little too. Um, I think the word is colloquial. It was too. Um, it was too central PA focused, and maybe we can enlarge it a little bit. So we, you know, I went back and made some rewrites, and um, and you know, I really guys, all of you, all of you, we all thought maybe fifty or sixty people would listen to this thing live and we we put up uh you know we we uh we had john bridegroom make the jewels and the first jewel that he came up with was really cool um and then there was some concern that it might have been too sinister looking and so we we came out with the green jewel which is like a little smiley face emoji with a mask on and if you're on the Facebook page, you might have, you've probably seen it. If you listen to the episode live, you've got one. But um, so we ended up with, uh, I don't know, what did we get? Uh, how many people did we have? 200? It was like 200 on the first, on that. I think there were 200 that, list, that paid us actual money <laughs> to listen to the show recorded live. And, uh, and Pete did the animation for the characters so they could all watch it on Zoom. Uh, this is when everybody was all stoked about Zoom. And uh, we learned a really cool trick that if somebody's doing a Zoom presentation, you can actually find the, the paintbrushes and pencils and stuff, and you can draw <laughs> all over the screen for them. So we learned that. But, uh, but yeah, and since then... We, I've written, uh, I've written three articles about it for different publications. Um, and I think, uh, I think there's going to be one coming out in the, uh, Pennsylvania Freemason magazine. There'll be another one. Uh, we'll be in there again, unless they're tired of hearing from us. Um, but, um, yeah, it just took off. It, 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 it got a life of its own. I, I sent copies of the scripts to England Scotland, Switzerland, Spain, and I forget if it was Peru or some 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 place in South America. Yeah. Um, oh, and the Philippines. That they wanted copies of the script so they could do it in their local lodges. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. I remember live that night we had several countries represented. Uh, yeah. from, we would have had like 40 states and several countries that tuned in to watch this thing. It was amazing. And and it's been shown since then. I mean, <clears throat> I know several Masonic groups uh, have been looking for something to do over the summer, and they've continued to do that. And we should also mention that the real beneficiary of all of this was the National Meals on Wheels uh, group, uh, because that's where the funding for um, – 
the green jewels basically went to that plus the cost of the jewels. Uh, And then the amazing thing is the sinister jewel that we didn't think people would appreciate. Of course, you have to remember, this was like March, April when, you know, we were concerned there might be like bodies in the streets with this thing. Um, I believe that's probably now sold more than the original one. Is that right? By double, I think. Right, Pete? Yeah. um, I just remember like a couple people who had seen the original artwork were like, man, I really want one of those. So I'm like, all right, well, let me talk to John. Maybe I'll order like 50 of those. And so I just went and, you know, put it on my own Visa card. And well, then orders kept coming in. Like it was ridiculous. And um, tomorrow I am getting the balance of like I have, I placed like four different orders with John. I have 600 jewels coming tomorrow. Wow. So now they're not all sold yet. I just finally wanted to get ahead a little bit because I've got like one Scottish Rite Valley out in Indiana bought 100. Wow. Now, of course, I, yeah, I, was, yeah, I, yeah, I did not charge full boat on those because I wanted to leave them room that they could make $15 on as a fundraiser. Um, so, like, if it's for a fundraiser, I kind of, like, backed it down where I'm breaking even on them for people. But, you know, I'm going to give, you know, $2,000 to the podcast. Um, I bought myself an a, uh, iPad Pro so I can illustrate the next degree. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess I got to save some for taxes because one lesson that we learned is – the Eventbrite check that came from the first one got made out to Jack Harley. So he's going to have to explain to the IRS that, that no, that was really a donation. <laughs> and then these jewels for me, I'm going to have to explain to the IRS, no, I did not make $13,000 on jewels. Um, Cause that's what like shows in PayPal, right. but you know, there's cost in that there's my donation to the podcast and, you know, there is some profit in there for Pete, but you know, I don't want to pay taxes on thirteen thousand um, so, dollars. Just yeah, it's amazing. Not for nothing. Not for nothing. I just jumped on the uh, YouTube channel, and there are six hundred and seventeen views on the YouTube channel. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. That That's crazy. Incredible. Well, Pete, you mentioned the uh, next upcoming thing. Let's uh, do a little pitch, and it takes us into our, our final topic of the night, which is the future of the Masonic Light podcast. Um, why don't you tell us just a, a little brief overview of uh, kind of our next, if you will, uh, quarantine degree, if you will. So, you know, Seth, once again, is like the instigator of these things. Um so he he said, I've got this old degree from that was sold by the Demolin Museum, and its purpose was really only to um, sell their hazing equipment. So it's a degree and is made up for it's called the Knights of the Zoroasters, and it's totally bogus. There is no organization like that. <laughs> And until now, <laughs> right? It's just complete nonsense. But it was written in 1897, and I've tried to keep as much of the original flow as possible. But I've had to go in and 
shorten it, try and change some of the language because it doesn't fly in 2020. Um, but it's funny. And this time we're recording it from on Zencaster, like the thing we're using this recording this on. Our friend Joey Doherty is going to score it with original music. Uh, Barry Banks, who is a professional tenor with the Metropolitan in, in New York City, he's going to actually sing in this. It's, I don't know, it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be a total train wreck. Either way, it's awesome. <laughs> That's great. So uh, we'll put a we'll put a link down in the show notes for this, but uh, uh, do we know when that's going to be available? We're shooting for some time in August. Okay. So uh, to all our listeners, uh, that's one of the, that's one thing you can look forward to. So let's open that this up to everybody. Um, what are your thoughts? What where, where do you see us going uh, in the next fifty to 100, 100 episodes? What do you what we started out with goals that said we don't expect a whole lot. Uh, we've obviously achieved that. Um, so what are our goals for the next hundred episodes? Get back in the studio. Amen. All right, that's a great goal. Amen. All right, Larry, what, what, what would you like to see? Uh, what would I like to see? I'd like to see my body survive for another two or three years. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so every, every time I get to the studio will be an accomplishment. You know, one of the things, these episodes that we're recording remotely, uh, we used to have natural breaks in our uh, podcast because uh, we could only record as long as Larry's bladder would hold out. Um, <laughs> and now uh, we don't have that timer uh, on us. so Because uh, he just hits the mute button and pees in a glass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still have my jug. I still have my jug from the hospital. Pete, how about you? What are, what, what are your goals for the upcoming? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that always has these goals of, um, well, well, one, um, and I think one of our, our, our most recent guests kind of like reminded me of this. Um, I want to try and get away from like, there's a dead horse that we were beating for a lot of episodes about what's wrong and what's wrong with Freemasonry and, and, and what needs to be done to fix it. I, I would like to get off that dead horse and, you know, just try and be a little bit more upbeat and talk about some of the good things. Yep. Um, I'd also like to try and do some more things live. Like I had an idea after the Zoroaster's thing is done, I'll give you a teaser for something I want to do maybe in, in six months from now. So maybe maybe Jack will want to be project manager on this. Oh, Lord. I want to have a live event in a, in a, in a restaurant somewhere, and we can sell tickets, and it is the roast of Larry Maris. I think that's awesome. <laughs> And like the old Dean Martin roasts. Yes, we can all have our different guests come up to the dais and they can rip on all of us and then rip on Larry. And then at the very end, Larry can come up and, and get even with all of us. Um, but I just think it'll be a, it, it'll probably be too dirty for the air, but. <laughs> But it could be we a could nice event. This. We could we could shoot this and have it on uh, on YouTube even. 
Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about that. <laughs> oh. Notice how I'm quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, how about you? You have some goals for the future of this uh, endeavor? Um, I, I, I don't. Um, I, I don't. I, I like upbeat. I think uh, I could get on that train. Um, I like the people that we've met along the way. And I'd like to do that more or at least continue to do it. Um, and, I, and I've run out of people that I know that, um, that we've had on the show. And I, I kind of, I'm going to throw this out to the listeners and say, along, along the lines of upbeat, what is your, what has your lodge been doing to bring people together to, to really, you know, push forward in Freemasonry and, and start, start, instead of looking backwards, let's, you know, what are you doing to look forward? If you've got a good story about your lodge, give us a call. And, and drop us your information and uh, and tell us a little bit about what your scoop is. And and maybe we'll reach out and have you on for an interview to talk about what your lodge is doing and, and how we can all come together to make this better. Good idea. Great idea. Josh, how about you? Uh, well, like, like I said, I'm looking, looking forward to getting back in the studio. Um, one thing that I think will be nice is we could maybe do a little bit of uh, – uh, acoustic, acoustic treatment in the room. If we if we can get around to it once we get back, because it's been nice to mix the episodes and not have the bleed over, and all the reflections from all you guys during the show. But uh, but it, it would be nice to be able to see each other because like, you know, I'm going crazy tonight as like two or three of us are trying to talk at the same time because we're remotely we're not seeing each other. Right. That'll right. be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Something I'd like to something I'd like to do too, and we've discussed it. And we almost did it this year, was to go out and travel, to go to places where we've been invited to attend and set up a show and do shows remotely. And I know one of the considerations was having the proper equipment to be able to do it, and uh, we're working on that obviously, but uh, we can't unfortunately because of this damn virus do the kind of traveling we thought we'd be able to do. I think we're going to probably miss that, uh, that colonial event down in, uh, where they have that battle on the river down the Brandywine, which is always a huge Masonic function. I don't think we'll be going to that. Uh, the cave has been, the cave degree has been canceled. Uh, so I mean, a lot of the events that we could, probably could have gone to were shut down, but I would like to see, um, once we get this virus behind us is do some traveling and maybe go to other States with a team of guys and, and uh, see if we can elaborate and make the show even better that way. Like it. I like it. Yep. Uh, I, I, like uh, Jack said, I love the people we've met thus far. I look forward to meeting more interesting people. Um, similar to what Larry said, I look for us to go some other places. Uh, I know one of the places that uh, I think we may still have a pin in and, and I know they're, actually moving forward with this is on September the 13th. Um, the Valley of Harrisburg is holding a uh, cigar smoker and pig roast. Um, we've been invited to come up there. Hopefully we can uh, make that. Um, those kinds of events where we can both support the various aspects of Freemasonry, but also get to know listeners, um, want to see us continue to broaden uh, 
our base beyond uh, where it is now, uh, I think all of those are laudable. Um, so um, I think the future is bright. I think uh, 100 episodes certainly is something uh, worth celebrating, And uh, but I think uh, great days lay ahead if we can just clear this hurdle of this stinking virus. Does this mean that 100 episodes that were syndicated and we get like million dollars now? Royalties on uh, replays? Uh, that would be cool. I guess not. I We're going to double your salary year to date, Pete. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I so, owe $5,000. Well, We're going to take a uh, really quick break, and I believe uh, Brother Walter Cronkite will be with us well, and before, come back before, to close out the show. Before we take a break, can I say something? Before we, hey, can I, can I say something? What? what? Hey, I say something before we take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Not with the chicken music. (laughs) Carol! Carol! Jeez! Hey, what I want to (laughs) say. Right, go ahead. Is basically working with you guys has been probably one of the greatest experiences of my life. Pete, Tim, Jack, Josh. I've I've loved every one of you guys, and every time we're together, I just feel really great being with you. So, I mean, I'm getting that out from the bottom of my heart because you make the show, and I enjoy being with you. So, if I fall over dead in the night, at least I got that out, even with the damn music in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Larry. That's great. Appreciate it. All right, we'll be right back. Good day, listeners. This is Worshipful Brother Nicholas Lane of Burlington, Ontario, past master of Castle Virtual Lodge in the Grand Lodge of Manitoba, and past master of Burlington Lodge, number 165, in the Grand Lodge of Canada in the province of Ontario. Wow! The Masonic Light Podcast is celebrating its fourth year of spreading light to Masons across the globe. I want to personally thank Pete, Larry, Jack, Tim, and Josh for all their hard work and effort that goes into sustaining this high-quality podcast. As a guest in episode 33 while driving through Utah, and episode 58 in person in the recording layer deep in the ballows of Ephrata Lodge, I've enjoyed my time with you all. I feel like we've assisted in the spread of digital Freemasonry with this podcast and the continued evolution of Cass Island Virtual Lodge number 190. My continued hope is that we work together and share education to the Brethren of Canada and the United States. We all have this shared love of education and it shows through our work and dedication. This COVID-19 pandemic continues to have an impact on the health of our loved ones and the way we live our daily lives. As we continue to navigate through these unique and evolving challenges, I would encourage all of the Masonic Light listeners to continue contacting each other by phone and email. Of course, their lodge and their pendant bodies as well, and just check on each other's well-being. Let's all stay safe and try to have a great summer. Thank you, brother. 
Hey guys, this is Chris Silva from Joppa Lodge number 315 in Bay City, Michigan. I just wanted to say I think it's time for Larry to join the chickens because I think he's getting a little too cuckoo. I'm just kidding. Thank you guys for everything you're doing. Best wishes. In Masonic news today, Masonic authorities have informed us that in the very near future, there may actually be some Masonic news. That's the Masonic news. So noted one. <laughs> Boy, that that is the news. Bam. Sadly, Drop that is the news. Drop the mic. Wow. Yeah, that's it. You know, uh, Eureka Westshore Lodge 302 held a stated meeting this week. Heard about uh, that. We um, we had 24 people show up, including the officers. Um and social distance that was probably our smallest meeting in, I don't know, as long as I've been in. But anyway, it was nice to be able uh, to come together. Uh, but the two extra meetings we had scheduled got canceled. So um, we're now uh, back on hiatus again until September. So well, we're having a meeting of the past masters and current officers to review safety procedures. So it looks like we're going to be closed until September. Yeah, Ubar Grotto is having a. Uh, is it a meeting? I don't know what it no. is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Steffi Ranch. Ranch. So yeah, we're going to be at Steffi's Neverland Ranch on the twenty fifth, and that's going to be a like a barbecue. It's going to be a good time, and we'll all wear masks and socially distance each other. Exactly, yeah. and I mentioned a moment ago on September thirteenth, the cigar smoker and pig roast at the uh, Valley of Harrisburg. You can get a ticket for that twenty five dollars um, on the Valley website. Um, and the fourth degree, if you are if you've signed up or any Valley has people who were scheduled to go to a reunion, uh, if they want to come to that event, they can actually uh, see the fourth degree. So that's about it, though. So, uh, guys, thank you all for a great evening. I think reflecting back on our uh, hundred year or hundred hundred year, it feels like a hundred years, hundred episode uh, history uh, has been great, and uh, I think we've got great days ahead of us, guys. So, Larry, you ready to take us out of here? Oh yeah! All right, let's cue those chickens. Special thanks to Everwad Six Sixty Five for continuing to make their studio, our studio, available. Thanks to Josh Lamberton, our producer and director, who continues to make the show great. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director, Tim Dedman, our marketing director, and our Sonic Light podcast contributors, Michelle Snyder, Kim Stevens, and Doug Mattenford. Also, too, I want to do a shout out. We have a new behavior consultant, Wyatt B. Hobesia. Oh, geez, I didn't do that right. Oh, God. Anyway, we do have a caffeine addiction counselor, Bruno Moore. And we've got some sad news to report. Our credit counselor, Max Stout, passed away last weekend. You could almost say he maxed out. Oh, this no. is Larry. Thanks no. for listening. Stone him. 
Good night, everybody. This All is right. Pete. I'm going to retire. This is Tim. I'm out. This is Jack. Happy 100, everybody. Thank you, everybody. This is Josh. Good night.